Hello and welcome to Meanwhile in the Falklands. We are back, so it's welcome back really, isn't it? That's right. What has it been, three weeks? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, so we've been neglecting the podcast a little bit, haven't we? But we've all yeah. been away for quite a long time. I'm sacking it off. Yeah, really. so <laughs> I'm Katie Beattie. I'm Thomas Stockton. And I'm Hannah Newton. And we have been MIA because these two have been away gallivanting around the Falkland Islands. Jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> Hannah, do you want to tell us where you've been? Yes, I went to Pebble, Bleecker and Saunders Islands and I was away for nine days, which was so nice. And the weather was so nice and the weather's still so nice. <laughs> um, and I, obviously I miss working in the FITV office, staring at a computer screen. Um, but no, it was great. Really, really good. Lots of different wildlife and I don't know, it was nice. The people that owned the islands were really friendly as well, so I had a really good time. And what were you doing there? I was filming all the wildlife stuff, which was really good fun. Um, albatross. I'm trying to think. A big long list of stuff. There's over. I saw over 40 birds at Pebble because they wow, give you like a checklist yeah. and you tick it off as you go around. Um, sea lion, uh, albatross. Loads of penguins, obviously, the big one. Yeah. Lots of penguins. You got a standout moment from uh, your three yes. trips? Yes, yes, yes. My standout moment was the giant petrel laying an egg for me. But that was really bad because I was like creeping about the islands in the little 4x4 four four, trying to find these petrels sitting on nests. And um, I spied on them for a little bit and then all of a sudden one started making a very strange noise. And I thought, oh, what's that? And I, initially I thought it was a chick hatching from the egg. And then I pointed my camera at this petrel and out popped an egg from its bottom. That's amazing. Which was really good fun. I, I liked it. I don't know, it sounds really weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I, I mean, enjoyed like, it. I was like, wow! <laughs> actually seeing something being born like yeah. that. Yeah. That was really good. Where have you been? You've been away as well, haven't you, Thomas? Yeah, I did a weekend at Sea Lion Island and a weekend at Carcass Island with a trip to West Point. It was, yeah, it was really, really cool. So Sea Lion Island, named after obviously the sea lions, but it was named after the sea lions before they all got all got killed. Because <laughs> I was going to say, isn't Sea Lion Island elephant seals? Uh, so there's a huge elephant seal population mm -hmm. there, uh, but the biggest deer, so the name came after sea lions, but a lot of sea lions were hunted and killed mm -hmm. and they left the islands for quite a long time. So the name was already given and they didn't bother so changing it. Elephant Sea Lion Island. Yeah, elephant so, Sea Lion Island. <laughs> so they still have, like, there's quite a large breeding population of sea lions that return in November along mm -hmm. one of the coasts you can have up to a hundred um a hundred couples uh well no well yeah a hundred couples yeah because uh the guy that runs it was telling me like in the height of breeding season you can like go down there's like at least a hundred pups down there being born and things like that which is pretty freaking it's funny cool. isn't it the, the sea lions dating um dating ideas the male seems to drag a female off there's one one male with a harem of of wives by the sound of it yeah. and then the um the guys that aren't the alpha male will go and corner off one female and kind of hope that, that, that they can keep her. Yeah, well, it's a very, and, it's, and it's a very similar <laughs> similar situation in quite a lot of those mammals. So the elephant mm. seals do the same thing. The elephant seal population on Sea Lion Island is the most well-studied population of elephant seals in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, the Italian couple who are out there, the researchers, have been uh, have been tracking their movements and their population for the last two decades. Uh, so 20, amazing, 20 years yeah. they've been going back every year to track them they they know these animals pretty much like like their own family they've seen them they, they, there's 20 year old females there that they have known like their whole lives mm. like they saw them being born and they see them coming yeah. back every year um, and it's, it was really interesting to see them doing some of their work as well I guess um, it's also it's quite similar to uh, human dating grab your female take her away and make sure no other males get her <laughs> 
Well, so the, uh, well, the, yeah, to an extent, yeah. <laughs> you know, mate for life and Yeah, it's just that. like the the behaviour is just, it's so, so bizarre. So as Hannah hinted at with the sea lions, elephant seals are very similar. So there's an alpha and he'll have his harem. But if the alpha doesn't feel like he's big enough or perhaps he's got too many females in his harem, he can have beta males who will come in and sit on very close to, well, sit at the edges of it. So they're allowed to have sex with the females as well and and breed and increase that population because the alpha is allowing sure. it. they're not the leader of the group but what the alpha when he's what, a bit tired he just gets the other other well, men to come well, in this, the younger ones this is the thing so they're on the side but then what you've got is peripheral males which are the younger males that will sit on the outside and lurk around in the water hoping to run up onto the beach steal a little bit of fun and then run back down that sounds um, like a bad night out of the globe doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> Globe Tavern in the Falkland Islands. Yes, our local only nightclub. (laughs) So while you guys were away on your islands, I had a weekend here on my own, which was interesting. (laughs) So yeah, full of work actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. was Not that our work wasn't work. No, sure. (laughs) It was, um, we had all in one weekend, there was the clean up Stanley Day, which was very windy. But I think that gave even more props to everyone that did actually come out and do the cleaning. That was amazing. Yeah, I saw one of the interviews. So I think Liz was saying it was one of the most well-attended ones despite all the wind. It was. It just tells you how much people are in Stanley and across the world really are learning about how we need to take care of things a bit more. So even on a bad day, they were out there cleaning up. It was. Yeah, and we saw some pictures fun. after. There were like loads of clean-up days going on around the different settlements yeah. in the islands yeah. as well. So like, I think everyone really got into it. Definitely. So there was that, and then there was a kid's roller disco for oh, Halloween, which was very cute. Fun. Did you get your skates on? No, oh. no. <laughs> I, I mean, God, I do the hockey on my feet. I don't think rollerblades are quite for me. But they were very cute. There was a little a little girl dressed up as a cat who looked fabulous, <laughs> and as she said so herself, it was quite sweet, really. And well, she called herself fabulous. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should all be a little bit more like that, I think. A young girl after your own heart. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was the motocross the next day as well, which was really good fun to go up to and to see that. Such a nice day for it as well, as we say, because we're actually sitting outside right now, aren't we? So outside the coffee shop. This is our first podcast we've ever done outside. Can I just say that? So you'll yeah. be hearing yeah. the elements a bit more yeah, for everybody listening say, to us. I was going to say, I don't have a wind buff on my microphone, so I do apologise for the wind. I'm trying to block him with my body, so you might hear that a little bit as You've well. Got a beard. Just put your beard down and you can make that into a Well, the beard buff. is there because Paula is coming back next week. She is. Four, weeks, are, four weeks away and it will have to go. Exactly So that. how do we all feel about Paula coming back? Oh, I don't want Paula to come back at all. Oh, That's right, that. I'm saying it. I hope you listen to this. <laughs> I don't know why I stared at the Zoom there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be great. It'll be good having everybody back, our whole yeah. team back, and Paula getting back. I can't it's been remember quite like the last time yeah, we were all in. Yeah, yeah. she's going to rescind all my power. <laughs> my power for four weeks. Yes. Now I'm just going to become redundant. <laughs> but with all this nice weather, have you guys not noticed how many more community events there are? So we need our full team here. To be fair, yeah, yeah. there's so much. Even this weekend, we've got quite a lot coming on, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, so, tell us what's happening this weekend. So starting off the weekend at 10 a.m. at the Seafarers Mission, going down for a coffee morning they're raising money with the local fishing companies to for uh, some aid due to the natural disaster occurring in Indonesia, well, that recently occurred in Indonesia. Indonesia, So, um, yeah, they're going down for that. That'll be really good. They always organise a really nice morning and there's loads of events for people of all ages. So, really look forward to that. Then, Hannah, you're off to the museum? Yes, I'm off to the museum. My lovely children from a couple of weeks ago that I interviewed um, are doing speeches on um, World War One. Obviously, it's the anniversary on the 11th of November. So, um, 
they're doing some speeches at the museum, which would be interesting. That's great, yeah. I'm pretty impressed with them, to be honest, because I hate public speaking myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think they've been practicing and practicing with Emma Brooke, and they've been doing really, really well. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I was a bit like, oh, I don't like public speaking. I don't mind debating something if it's something I'm interested yeah. in, but if it's something that I'm not, you know, I'd be like shaking with a bit of paper, <laughs> like, Whoa. Did you do much public speaking? Uh, a little bit. We didn't really do tons of it. We had, um, we did have like a debating club and stuff, which I, was that I, in front I of huge crowds, no, or was no, it sort no, of like no. group that versus group? That was just group versus group stuff, like nef nothing yeah. major. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, if, if it's something I'm passionate about, I'll talk about it. But if mm -hmm. it's something I don't know much about, I'm not very good at sounding like I know much about it. What about you guys? Did you do much at school? Well, so debating wise, I, I actually very well know. I just like playing devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah. If someone takes a side, it doesn't matter if I believe in it or not, I'll take the other side. Um, but that's not so much public speaking. What about you, Katie? Um, in my school, yeah, we did quite a lot and it was always something that I really, really looked forward to, which I think is quite an unusual, yeah. an unusual thing. But I actually, I was thinking Hashtag about it. Hashtag presenter at heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's because both my mum and dad have always done that in their jobs and it's something that they really enjoy as well. So I actually remember, and this is a bit geeky, but I remember at home they would get me to go away and on the weekend and research a topic and then I would have to come back and stand in the living room no and way. present it. Why, that like, like homework. By yeah. Yeah. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And in school and things like that, doing talks I used to love and I would always make really big um, sort of physical things that people could see to go yeah. along with my talk and it was my favourite bit of school. So basically presentations <laughs> at uni was your thing. Yeah. It was my absolute <laughs> ideal. Uni yeah. was like, there were so many presentations, it was great. I just <laughs> so remember, yeah, did, did you ever do like quite a lot of like group presentations? Because I used to hate them because no, you always have like one person in the group who do no work and yeah. who'd be like hiding yeah. behind your skirt or whatever. Like, oh, for God's sake. Like, well that's the, I think I got really, really I, I got really lucky with it at uni. Um, Going back to school, I went to school in Mid Wales, so I had like what's called like the Eisteddfod. So Ooh. that's like, um, so you've got your group, your different groups within the school who compete against each other. So it's a mm. bit like a varsity kind of thing within your own school. But there's a thing called the National Eisteddfod where each school then sends a, a certain group of people to represent them at the national thing where you compete against all the other schools. Mm -hmm. So it's sporting events, it's choir singing, it's poetry oh, did reciting. You, did you sing so I sang I was baritone in a choir. Um, oh, can we have a little can we have a little taste of no. that for the podcast with the listeners? No, Come on. Maybe later. Maybe, maybe after a night at the Globe. Um, <laughs> after the primary, there you go. so I did choir singing, but that was only like in the school. I never went off and competed. It was mainly because it was all in Welsh and all I did was make sounds that I thought <laughs> did, you was have to, did you have to sing oh, in Welsh? I, I, sang yeah. it, I sang in Welsh and when I say sing in Welsh I made loud noises <laughs> that sort of sounded like the words. I wasn't I never but like really a whale. Knew. Yeah, I never really <laughs> Yeah, Dory, Finding Nemo, that's me. Um, and then I did do, but I did get up because I was house captain in my nice. sixth form um, for the sport part of it. And um, yeah, I was like, well, one of the only boys in the sixth form. So I was like, got to show the way for the younger kids. So I, I recited a poem in front of everyone. It was Love by Sheena Pugh. And I tried to make it all romantic and I came third out of three. <laughs> and that, I had little confidence in public speaking beforehand and that just knocked it straight back down. Um, I remember my first ever presentation at uni that I had to do on my own. Yeah. And like, you'd known the guys and the girls in your class for like 
six weeks and you've got to stand up and present your topic <laughs> like, in an auditorium where they're all yeah. on the yeah and you're just like it's just like there is like 80 people in front of me that i've known for six weeks on a topic that really i only started researching two days ago <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone with google on their phone can probably find out exactly what i'm about to say. <laughs> um but no i think i think it was good and especially considering the core the, the job that we now do those kind of presentations. I don't know about you guys, but I thought like they prepared me quite nicely. Definitely. To it's confidence, isn't it? It gives you the confidence to talk to people, and that's that's the whole thing. I think as long as you can talk to yeah. anyone, do you know that being able to, you don't have to present in everyday life. If well, it depends on your job, but with yeah. us, we're not standing presenting in everyday life. But you, it gives you that confidence to be like, I can talk to anyone, and I don't feel judged. Yeah. No, I got all deep there. That got deep, but do you know yeah, what I mean? It, it's true, and it and it is true. And, and you are our job you are, is so not... our job is so versatile, and I just think like there's a there's an element of it of journalism and media that will attract everyone. There's yeah, a, There's one element that will suit you, but I do like having to but do. I remember everything. I listened to Kevin Bridges' um, autobiography that he did, and it was something that he was talking about being a comedian, obviously. But I think it actually applies to our job as well. He'd done a stand-up gig, and someone came up to him at the end and had said, "Oh, it was a really good gig, mate, but anyone can do what you do." And then his reply was, "Yeah, but lots of people don't. They don't bother getting up." And I think that's the same for us. Mm. It's like. You kind of, yeah. You, yeah, it's a lot about confidence and it's a lot about putting yourself out Bringing there. Bringing it back a little bit, did you, I'm wondering if you got this, the number of people that turned to me on our island trips and just to explain, like, I was up at crack of dawn filming until the evening and then I stayed in my room and I edited for a few day, a few hours after before going to bed. Like, for the, it was a stunning experience and I'll never take it for granted, but it was still work. How many people turned to you and went, oh, that's not really work, you're yeah, basically yeah, well, so on holiday. Yeah, yeah, so many people said you're busy, yeah. Everyone said, like, oh, you're going on a big jolly, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. This, isn't, this isn't really work, and I was like, excuse me. But to me. be honest, <laughs> that I think, to, for me, I love the job because it doesn't feel like hard work. Like, it doesn't feel, I, like, with a lot of jobs, the kind of job I wanted was a job that I enjoy every day. And well, I don't yeah. think, if you really enjoy your job, it shouldn't feel like hard work yeah. all the time. Oh, this is coming on to a perfect little tangent here. And I'm sorry, I'm going to take us away from all the topics we had prepared. I was at Carcass and I saw this, this chap called Chris and I met him when he first came down here. He's a doctor. Um, and I haven't been able to meet up again with him since because his, his schedule's all over the place and ours is too, as you yeah. well know. Um, but turned up at Carcass at the same weekend I was there. Oh, I was like, this is perfect, get to see him. Him and his wife are just about to leave the islands for good. Mm. Um, so it was a really nice time to catch up with him and ended up spending one evening after dinner. <sighs> Must have chatted with him for like three or four hours. <laughs> we were up until about one o'clock in the morning talking. Mm. Um, and so Chris is in his mid thirties. He's uh, not been a doctor for that long. So he went to university at 18 to do an engineering course, but he didn't have his mind in it because all he wanted to do was join the army. Okay. So he quit uni after like the first semester and went and joined the army. So sorry, well, he's got to do it. Worked his way up to an officer, which is what he always wanted to be. Got into EOD. He was a parachuter for mm. a bit and he worked his way up so high that he then sort of became a bit officey because his position was so high that- Pushing he, papers it and became, yeah. It became paper pushing yeah. and he sort of removed from the front line. And he quickly realised that actually this isn't what he loved doing. And he'd always had this like thing in the back of his mind about wanting to do medicine. And he was 27 years old wow. and he quit the army. He sold, like he had a really good job. He sold all of his possessions, his motorbike, everything oh that he goodness. had, sold all of it 
paid his way through um, medical uh, to go back. He had no A-levels no A for it, so he did his A-levels at the age of 28, like A-level chemistry, biology and maths to Fair get play, into uni. Then he paid his way through yeah. uni. He did night shifts and weekend shifts at a hospital to be able to pay for all of it as well and get some more experience. And here he is, 36 but, years old, living a life that he loves. But it That's goes to amazing. show you, I think with yeah. our generation, you can you change a career if, if you want. Back, yeah. in, back in our parents yeah. and our grandparents' generation, it was a job for life. Um, so, Tommy, you've still got a chance to do your uh, choir singing. No, do you want to change and do, do some... Uh, oh, the weird thing... Welsh choir singing. No, hopefully the weird not the Welsh. <laughs> yeah. As much as I do I admire the I still want you Welsh to language. do a little bit. I'm so excited to hear you do a little bit. Yeah, the well, weird we're, we're going out this weekend because we haven't all been together in a while. So we're going to go out and have a yeah. little reunion thing. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Give me, uh, give me enough gin. I'm imagining that. I might cry in a corner. It? <laughs> you know that um, Icelandic, was it? Bjork. Yes. The Icelandic like throat singing. Yeah, can't do that. <laughs> Although you must be pretty excited at the minute in general, Tom, anyway, just because of what's happening oh, this we week. Go. What's here coming we up? Go. He's been going on about it for weeks. Sports oh, captain of his school was, is back was, again. I what's happening? Say, I think the last three podcasts I've brought this up, but it's happening. It's a week tomorrow. The FA's 11 team under 23 come down to play the Falkland Islands team. So dead excited about that. Organising a press conference next week. Amazing. So for me, like for someone who's always had an avid interest in football and sport, <laughs> having like an actual an unnatural interest in sport. An, a natural, <laughs> well, unnatural as well, actually, considering how much I love it. Um, and how but, bad you are. <laughs> no. Having a football association representative coming down here. I mean, football association. The FA is like, apart from FIFA and maybe UEFA, the, it's the biggest footballing governing body in the world. And like, having their representative down here. And having the opportunity to, to interview them and be involved in that process. And I've been, I, I play football a little bit, not great. So I've been training with the team as well. So I know all the guys personally, and like, it'll be yeah. really cool for them. It's, it's a good morale booster as well, I think, to go up it's against amazing. such a big team. Yeah. Like, how often does that happen? Never, yeah. do you know? And like our history will be made. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the biggest, definitely the biggest football match in the history of the Falklands. Um, and the pitch we normally play on is about 70 metres by 40. And we've had to go to official standards where it's 100 by 50. <laughs> so we remarked the lot. Well, Troy Bowles, manager, and now groundskeeper as well. <laughs> remarked the pitch. You got a three-ton roller and flattened the pitch because Especially our, our pitch undulates quite coming. a lot. Um, but yeah, it was uh, training on it the other day and realizing quite how big it is. You know what? I'm really glad I'm not fit enough to make the team. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, I would, I would put shame upon my family in that performance. It's gonna be fun, it's gonna be such a good experience to like actually be able to film Definitely. it. And Are your parents into football? Was your dad into football when uh, you were younger? How did you get into so football? So my dad's my dad's just into all kinds of sports, but he was never he was never a huge football fan. Uh, it, it what, was, made, what made you get into it? school. It was school and it was um, so I sort of liked football when I was before the age of seven. I just sort of it's something you spoke about with people. And I became an Arsenal fan because my best mate at school was an Arsenal fan when I lived in Luton. So <laughs> Highbury was only about an hour south, maybe a bit lower, a bit more. Sorry, awful UK geography. Um, so I support like that's the reason I picked Arsenal. And when I moved to the south of France as a seven-year-old, not really knowing how to speak French, one of the best topics for guys to sort of just gel with someone is to speak about sports. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And at that age, everyone played rugby and everyone played football. So I joined the football team. And even though my 
French was awful, I could talk about football because the names of the players, it's all the <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. So we'd just like talk, we'd, I wouldn't be able to speak any French, but I'd be running down the wing and I'd take a shot and shout like, Thierry Henry! Yeah, I'd say, Thierry Henry! And take a shot and like all the kids would laugh because it's that English boy you can't speak. And it was, yeah, it was, it was one of those. And I think like my passion for football really developed from that being for about a year, the only way I could communicate with people. Yeah. And became such like but an integral part of sports. One of those of things I think. Yeah. Multi, like you can talk to anyone about whatever country mm. they're from. Do you know? People are so passionate about sport. Definitely. I yeah. feel like we've learned so much about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has been Tom's childhood. Yeah, I was say, it's a little bit revealing. It's quite nice though. That. that might be an idea. This could be a theme the for the future. Yeah. 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 Talk about our childhood memories. So the only sport that Hannah and I are going to get up to this weekend is the pram race, isn't or, it? Or chasing the chasing, pram race. Chasing, yes. We, we're not competing, I'm afraid. Do this. you want to tell us what the pram race is about? Yes, it's a big, big, big race where people have to make non-pedaled, non-motorised vehicles, so i.e. a pram. Um, or, or elastic, and I just say a bunk bed with wheels. Oh yeah, a, a trolley. Wheels, a trolley, whatever, um, and push their teammates from, let's see if I can remember this, the Globe, to the Vic, to the Rose, to the Stanley, to the, the Stanley Globe, Arms. No, the Globe to the Stanley Arms, back, back to, to Dino's. Oh no, back the to the Rose, then the Dino's. The Rose, Dino's. Round all the, the local pubs Globe. is there we the go. gist of it. Uh, and they have to have a drink at each pub. So by the end of it, they're all going to be trolleyed. Oh, no <laughs> Very good. All the puns intended. But it's for the um, Falklands Motorcycle Association, Falklands nice. Motorcycle, and for Shears, Falkland Shears. There we go. So, yes, indeed, yes. And there's prizes for the first, second, and third winner. So I don't know what and, the prize will be. And best dressed. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. So people dress up dressing. as well and in all sorts of fancy weirdo. Yeah, it was uh, actually the first event I covered. Um, what was it? I got here on the Thursday, the 4th of May, I think, something like that. Uh, so my flight landed then. Then the Friday, I sort of just went into work for the first time and met people. And then the Saturday, the 6th of May, was the pram race last year. Was it? So oh, I think wow. they've changed it for nicer weather this year. I was going to say, Tom, were there any um, pram races in your childhood that you might want to do that <laughs> whilst we were uh, on the subject of prams? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, maybe my mum running away from something. Yeah. <laughs> Pushing your pram away like, oh! <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, one. you said pram and one story came to my head, but that's not something I'm willing to share. Is it an inappropriate story? Oh, Tom! It's about a very embarrassing moment when I was six years old, oh, so God. we're not going to talk about oh, it. Oh, you okay. have to. Yeah, no, no, no. Tune in next week and listen to uh, Tom's embarrassing moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's turning to, meanwhile, the embarrassing moments in the Falklands. <laughs> but, yeah, it should be good fun. I think, ideally, we did quite want to compete, but because we've all been away, and we've all been yeah. we haven't had a chance to build a pram we've got to film it as well so it should be good exactly yeah. so we're just going to enjoy the nice weather this weekend and the various sports and work events exactly. exactly well i think that brings us to the end of our podcast but thank you very much for listening everyone yeah. sorry we've been away for so long yeah, yeah. So, so we've we, neglected we, you all listeners i mean we did really well i think what was it 22 weeks in a row we did it yeah something like three that, weeks yeah. gone um, Look, paula disappears and it all falls <laughs> off the face of the earth <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to getting and she'll her back. Next podcast. Well, hopefully she'll yeah. Hopefully she'll be in the next one. So that would be great. I will uh, happily sit out. Of that. <laughs> I think I've shared enough about my life. For, uh, oh no, we need your embarrassing month. moment in a pram next year. <laughs> Come on, we're hardly racing. <laughs> the cliffhanger of the podcast. <laughs> well, thank you very much, guys. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.